Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hey Marketing Rebels, it's Fab here, your marketing BFF and head teacher at Old Marketing School, a modern school teaching you how to market to hearts. And together each week, we'll share the freshest news, tactics, and insights you simply can't miss. And today, one more time for 2023, believe it or not, with Christmas jumper on toe, I am joined by the one and only Emma York. Hi, Emma. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us and bringing the Christmassy spirit. I like that you even checked whether it was appropriate and I was like, well... It's past November 23rd, so I think most people this year have been like, oh, yeah, it's almost December. I can do my tree now. So, yeah, I'm embracing the Christmassy vibes. You know, as a social media manager or as a marketer, you know when that's the time of the year, when the trending audios start going back to Christmas songs and Christmassly themed tunes. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but I noticed that it went from creeping in to now pretty much being half of my Explore feed. That's literally all it is. Yeah. I'm I'm here for that content. I love a bit of trending audio, but yes, it's very time sensitive. And there's the thing though, it's like um it's kind of hard when it comes to that seasonal window and understanding how to create the content that you want to kind of create for it. Whether you wanna go down the relatable road, whether you wanna go down the kind of this is how we are celebrating Christmas, or this is how I'm setting out for Christmas. There's so many ways that you can go. I generally am obsessed with anything that is meme related that goes back to nostalgia and movies. That's kind of where I tend to like land a lot more. But it's that thing, as you say, like that season is short, but then something switches in our brains and we're like, okay, we have a lot to do, as we were talking before we went on air. But also we've got something to look forward to. And it's kind of interesting how it brings people online together with what they're looking for as well. And with that in mind, actually, I'm going to start with the conversation that I prepared for us. We have some actual news at the end and kind of like some, I think there's a big lesson in action that is something that you wanted to talk about today which is about some of the things we can think about for 2024. And before that, there's another report. If you join us last week, you know, we talked about Unhooked Sweet Report with Becca Holloway. 
Now we're going to bring another report, still from Hootsuite, because Hootsuite never sleeps. And this report is about careers of social media managers. And I thought it would be really interesting to look back. You haven't been in business for 10 years this year. Congrats. Little claps. Thank you. Me, next year, having been in business for 10 years and obviously being in marketing for 15. And just really reflecting on the evolution of social media as a career and our jobs and how we work. And especially both of us doing our own thing and working with clients rather than for people. And I think especially in a place where social media in the last two years has shifted so much and has bounced off so much. So I actually have a question for you to kick us off before we talk about, obviously, some data and bits and bobs from the actual report. Based on your experience, especially you as, you know, 10 years in this journey yourself, how do you think the role of social media managers has evolved? You know, from literally Facebook pokes, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, it was the most annoying and most fun feature ever and most pointless. If you don't know what a Facebook poke is, then it's okay. We are of that generation. You know, from there, that generation all the way to today, to today where multiple platforms, multiple strategies, dynamic video content, that's where we are. How do you think the role of social media managers has shifted in the past almost 10 years at this point? Ooh, I would kind of refer to the role of a social media manager a bit like what we all go through when we're like 12 or 13 how one day you're a child and you're still happy to roll around in the dirt and play on your bike and hang out with your mum and dad. And then then life just changes for you and you have very different feelings and a whole lot of stuff is happening. You hate everyone and the world. And then all of a sudden people are expecting you to be an adult. That is the trajectory. That is the path of a social media manager, I feel, like a teenager's progression through those teenage years. When I first started, it was not a thing. It wasn't, there was social media, there was Facebook, but working solely in social media was not a thing. If you did anything like PR or marketing, it was just assumed you knew what you were doing and you would just bolt on social media. So I think now we're all talking about AI a lot more and chat GBT and the the astronomical growth that we're all seeing with AI, I think that is what, if you go back to where social media started and the original social media managers and where we're at today, that's the kind of growth we're now seeing with the introduction of AI, I think. There's another thing that I wanted to mention that I personally have found has been really interesting when it comes to the perception of social media managers. And again, if you're listening and you are in the newer wave of marketers, social media managers, I'm thinking about that wave that is very prominent on TikTok, that is prominent on Instagram as well. I know I sound like an old sock. I don't know why, but I think an old sock is a good example. You know, like she's cute. Maybe she's got a pattern on, but she's she's a bit worn out. So I know, I know, 15 years, hey. But I found that what I had then is I had the grace. I started as a community manager, just to give context as well. So when it comes to working in a full-time job as marketer, before I was doing a lot of freelancing, I was actually doing marketing before then. But when I landed into like a full-time job, I was a community manager. And even then, then I started going more into the social side of it. And what was interesting is then I had a lot of freedom and time. And it was not expected of me because that's the wrong word, but it was taken into account that I would have to take time to learn and figure things out and try things. And I wouldn't necessarily know what, how things were working until I tried them. And I find that that perception has shifted. And that's again, we'll talk about the old sock me because newer social media managers maybe don't even realize it, whether you're working for somebody else or for yourself, but 
I think that there's a different expectation because it's a generation that was growing up with social media as a way to interact and create content and a lot of social media managers are also content creator. It can be obviously a positive because it can be a strength, but also I think that it kind of br- brings this gap in of being like, how can you still show up? Or how can you still enter this career? Being completely new at it, not feeling comparisonitis, which is basically comparison, uh, you know, or any kind of imposter syndrome, but just showing up and learning as you go. I don't know if I'm making sense. Now. I want to hear what you think, but that's how I see it. We could learn, make mistakes, not know what we were doing, figure out a platform from the get-go because we were very new to everything and everything was very new. Now I feel there's a lot more expectation and that can actually make it a lot more daunting for some people to start because they feel they have so much competition that already is outgrowing them. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And I know we're going to come on to it in a minute about the report. And I was going to pick up on that about how this report goes into that even more about those working in social media right now. And even in the last five years, I do think it is much harder than what we have been through only because we had one channel that we were managing and we were growing as they were all growing. We have seen, and again, I am the second sock in your pair of old socks. I'm the one where the toe is messing, but you still want to wear me because I'm super comfortable. Because we've been through so much, we have seen the poking. Do you remember throwing a sheep? What even was that? You could throw a sheep at someone on Facebook. It didn't last very long. It was stupid. It meant nothing. But we've been through those things where Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg was adding things and he'd take them away because they didn't work, poking. And all these things, we've grown with all of those and we had one at a time, so to speak. Whereas now it, it is harder because there is so much expectation and they are expected to be professionals at TikTok and X and threads and Instagram and to understand the algorithm all at the same time, where I think we had a slightly not easier, but a different path where we were able to grow and adapt more, whereas they are literally thrown in. You know what's interesting with that? And thank you for sharing. And also for reminding us of the sheep. Oh my God, that was a, that was a great moment again. And once again, you think about what are some of the good moments? <laughs> the reasons for being here for 10 or 15 years is because you can remember those weird things that happened. So sheep aside, you actually reminded me of something else that happens with our students, especially certification of students. So what we find is that a lot of students that come into our student library to learn from our um, short courses and obviously everything that's included in that. A lot of them, when we ask them, and I personally ask them, what are you looking for? What are some of the challenges? What are some of the things you're interested in? And there's a desire to understand, to upskill, but also to refine foundations. And so it, and it's easier because everything is self-based when it comes to the training there. But What's really humbling, just to set the context there, is that then in the certification, obviously most of it is live. And there is a lot of element of on-demand that we have added since the beginning to support that. But also our mission with this school is not just to support marketers who want to upskill, that we redirect to our student library and all access pass, but it's also to bring new marketers into the world and to give them the confidence and the training that they need to then make a difference especially in a world where university goes more and more expensive and we can provide high quality training, humble, at the same kind of standards. And what they say to me, even, even when I'm very mindful of this gap, like making sure that we cover bases and that we cover foundations, it's still really humbling when we get them, you know, their, their, the reviews and the surveys and we say, what can we prove? We always ask them. And a lot of the time we, we see people being, I am actually a beginner at this. 
And we have a glossary, I want to say. We have a glossary and we refer to it and we mention it. But even then people are like, some of these topics still went a bit over my head. Some of these things still, I don't exactly know what it means. And once again, I think it's going back to bridging that gap between seeing somebody be having lots of numbers on TikTok or having lots of responses and engagement on TikTok doesn't necessarily mean that if you ask them, can we please break down the OKRs when it comes to this specific channel, understanding the KPIs. Sadly, these are acronyms that are kind of eye rolling because, you know, we can say things in other ways and maybe it's more understandable for everybody. But these acronyms exist. Some of these concepts exist. And because we've been talking about them for goddamn how many years and we had to learn about them very early on, you know, there's a knowledge gap that I actually didn't realize was there for people that are like, I actually, you know, I'm very active on social media, but so many of these terms or so many of these concepts were very new to me. And I still struggle with some of them. So every single time we, we iterate and make it better. So I'm just speaking from a student perspective. I think people don't realize that. They realize that actually some of these terms, some of these things that we use, especially as we are seniors or leaders or kind of like growing into the space, thinking about new people coming in and actually being like, I don't have that academic knowledge. And there are not many places that can fill the gap. That's what we want to do. But sadly, we cannot reach everybody just yet, just yet. We're working on that. And I think that's one of the big gaps that I've seen. I don't know how you feel. Also, again, being from this perspective, we have heard it from a student perspective, but I think that there's a misconception that if you say random acronyms, everybody will understand them. And that like knowledge gap can be huge when it comes to, I think, taking things to the next level as a social media manager as well, especially with clients, I guess. Yeah, I think what I've seen a lot from, and this year has been not even to toot my own horn, but I've done a lot of speaking and a lot of, lot more training myself. And when I sit and I listen to the speaker before me or, or the one after me and stuff, unfortunately, it, it gets lost that when you're delivering a session on TikTok or Instagram Reels or something, you want to, as a speaker, deliver the most amount of value that you possibly can in the 20 minute window that you've been given. And so you just go hell for leather with everything that you want to deliver because you want to give loads of value. But then you're looking out at people who are like, oh my God, I can't even get past the first sentence because I don't know what you're talking about. So people who are complete beginners, the word algorithm means everything to us and to those that have been in for a while or learning or teaching themselves, doesn't mean anything who is it who is just starting their journey. That is one of the biggest worm words. It's not even an acronym. And we need to, as teachers, I think, and professionals and social media trainers, be very careful. You don't know what you don't know. And I think we can forget how far we've come and we just start talking to people here in the journey and not where they are in the journey. So that's something I've learned a lot this year about speaking to people where they're at and not it, their session is not about me and about it's about what I can give them and they need it over here and not over here. So, yeah, we do have to be careful. We can be a bit NASA, can't we, with the acronyms and the. <laughs> and it's one, of, it's one of those insider jokes, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, you know, marketers like a good acronym and it's like, well, we kind of, or maybe it's just thrust upon us that we can't really run away from them. And I absolutely love what you mentioned that. And I actually, this year has been the year of me when somebody else is delivering a session or I'm doing a panel with them, me reminding them and encouraging them to just go back to some of the, some of the words they mentioned and just be like, 
absolutely love that you mentioned that. Can you please remind us again what this actually means? Because yeah. I understand, but as you see, it's, it's putting ourselves in other people's shoes. And I want to get into another point of the report. And obviously, we can talk about anything that also jumps at you. But when it comes to the piece about challenges and satisfaction, I want to go back to what you said and reflect it back to the social media managers or marketers listening. And remembering, just like you potentially are listening to a session and missing some of the understanding of the words, also remember that when you're delivering a presentation or sharing your reports or your findings to a client or your boss, depending on how you work you know, within the marketing industry, first of all, some of these people might actually be older than you, might be more senior than you, might know a lot about what they're focusing on, whatever that area might be. And so there's also a reminder that not everybody's always going to put their hand up and be like, I don't understand what you're saying. So is that you don't know what you don't know that you just mentioned is remember that also when you're speaking to clients or bosses and you're using some of the words that you're getting accustomed to kind of day in and day out talking about social media, just remembering about that as well, because I think that's another, it was interesting to see how much the misunderstanding aside from the long hours, which was a big uh, challenge for marketers in the social media space non-shockingly, but also the misunderstanding with their bosses and the kind of misunderstanding of expectations. And some of it is boundaries, but I think some of it is also just helping and educating. Not that you should do that, but suddenly we have to, educating our clients or our managers or our bosses to why we do what we do or what the results actually mean. And I think that's also what can really help you if you want to level up as a marketer, especially in the social media space. It's not always about delivering results. And I want to hear your opinion on this because sometimes they're against us when it comes to things like growth or engagement. You know, there's so much we can do if something isn't working, we're not going to know until we try it. But I think a lot of it is about just being able to really create a better experience and better understanding and show actually the amount of work that you're doing and the effect that it has takes skills because it takes excellent communication and setting the right expectations. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, tell me what you think about this, because as, as you can see, I'm really passionate about it because it's a minor shift that can make a hell of a difference when it comes to you within your role as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, something I do very differently now that I didn't do 10, 13 years ago working in social that I couldn't do was... You would go in and pitch for a job or someone would ask you to come in and I want you to be my social media manager. Great. They would tell you what they wanted and they would tell you the results that you have to deliver. What I do now is I listen and I hear what they want, what they want to achieve, where they would like to be. But it's more about me explaining the results I can give explaining how we can get to their end objective and it is actually about me training them to understand what they want and how I can get them there and what I can deliver because 10 years ago yes if you worked in social it was assumed that you covered every social media channel whether you liked LinkedIn or Twitter or not it you did them all it was it was a non-negotiable and it was all about reaching the 10,000 followers and getting a swipe up. And oh, But now it is more about if I meet someone who wants to talk to me about social media and they're like, yes, I, ha I have to reach 10,000 followers and you have to do all the channels, then I sit down and I say, why? And then we end up getting to what it is that they want. So education has been much more of a tool and it is about helping everyone understand 
what they want to achieve rather than them telling me what they want, which is still fine. And that part of the report was really interesting for me um, to see that, yes, they feel like they've got people have felt who filled in the report or whatever. They felt like uh, the expectations were too high and that it was unachievable to get, get to the objectives. And that, I think, is the miscommunication between the employer and the employee or the client and the freelancer. I love that. And I love that you iterated this. So I'm going to do it one more time. It's really a skill. And I love how you explain how you actually go in and do it with, with your client, which I think is, is really powerful. And also it's one of those things where sometimes we'll find clients that actually have an understanding or sometimes even a misunderstanding of what success means. And sometimes you have clients, we have clients when it comes to the agency side that are very much like, I don't even have the time to think about it. That's why we give it to you because we trust you. And that actually can be a bit of a blessing in the way that they have ideas and they welcome ideas, but also they give you that, that trust, I'm going to say, to actually say, no, this is what. This, you know, this is where we want to go. This is what we need to do, which I think it's also powerful. I wanted to ask you, is there anything that jumped out, aside from some of the bits that I mentioned as well, for you when it comes to the report? Well, you know, I don't like to mince my words when we get together and we have these chats on the podcast. Now, pay, slide number two of the report actually made me laugh out loud. It's more of a of a review of like an overview of what they're going to get to. So the title is social marketers have made it into the big leagues. Now it's quite, uh, anyone who hasn't read it, please do go and look at it because it is phenomenal. It is really, really good. HootSuite are amazing, but just bear in mind that this is the nucleus of people that they have surveyed are from the States. So the opening slide just made me laugh because it is showing you who the average social media marketer is, which I agree with some of it. What I absolutely adored was that they make a salary upwards of $67,000. Now this on today's exchange rate is £54,000, uh, 24 and 7 pence a year. Get in the bin. Like, where have you got that from? Sure. Like if you surveyed people who are social media managers in the UK that is not a number. Now, if people on average are earning that, bravo, and you are nailing it, that I don't think is an average statistic. So that kind of made me chuckle inside, along with the three weeks paid vacation. <laughs> I had to bring it up. It was just too funny. To be honest, it's kind of interesting because I was, I was actually looking at that and I always love, and this is just for anybody that likes a good report, I always love to look at also where they got that data from and like the service as well. So if you go into the following slide that it kind of tells you yeah. where they got their data from. One thing that I would say, I appreciate that actually the average social media manager apparently is a woman as well, which is interesting. Sure. And is and they say it's white. My thinking here, just adding my note from who we follow on social, not only on Instagram, I'm thinking a lot of Instagram, but also on LinkedIn. And for example, once again, this is a pool of people. I'm going to tell you many people today. It's about 3,842. Yeah. Apparently 55% are practitioners, which is great. But most of my of our of the people that we follow, so the people that are following, especially on Instagram, we have a huge variety of social media managers and social marketers. They are from so many backgrounds and so many 
you know, racial backgrounds and from so many walks of life that especially that element of the average social media marketer is a white woman. Again, interesting that women also have a very prominent voice, mm-hmm. but I don't know, the white piece, and this is just my personal experience, felt a bit like, oh, sweet, really? Have you looked hard enough? I genuinely think that actually as social media marketers is something that I'm relatively proud of, not that we have anything uh, myself personally to do with, but I'm happy that is an industry where you can see so many people from so many different walks of life, Yeah, you know, being really good at this job and actually being really vocal at this job. So that felt a bit reductive to me. That's my personal experience because of the um, people that we follow and we try to follow so many people. And I find that there's actually so many people from so many different backgrounds that I think that was a bit reductive, but that was just me. Yeah. I mean, you and I were at the Digital Women Awards and if you could have been a fly on the wall in that room, it's the most diverse community that I am a member of. And again, if they surveyed all of those social media professionals, there would be very different results, I think. So it is interesting to look at the data, but also be very mindful of who who they have surveyed. I was very disappointed to see that only 9% were freelancers. So this is very heavily swayed towards the in-house that's their only job, so to speak. They're an in-house social media manager or a content creator, which again is still an absolutely worthy uh, job role, but it's very different being a freelancer or an individual um, social media manager. So for me, and in this, I don't know, day and age is not the right term, but in the, in 2023, I was a little bit disappointed to not see more of those on there. Yeah, that's an, actually an excellent point as well. So actually highlighting that, kind of can set a bit of the understanding of the actual, like, so the, the where these people are coming from. And once again, as a reminder for people within those companies, that actually there are so many brilliant social media managers from, again, different backgrounds, walks of life, yeah. and, and different kind of expertise is actually out there. And I think a lot of, that's one more note I'm going to make before I'm going to ask you a little something that you were want to talk about earlier. But I think there's also a note about, we talked about layoffs, we talked about the industry having been hard this year. And there's so many amazing marketers out there. They're really trying to make their voice heard. And some of them decide and want to be freelancers. Some of them I found by reading, by the way, other people's pieces and newsletters. They just had to do it because they literally been let go of huge tech companies in like two weeks notice. And it kind of makes me think about actually the opportunity to bring in so many new marketers into this world, especially in the social media space where as we have read in the report, People are still happy and they're still satisfied with their jobs, but they're working goddamn long hours. So that job that you're giving to one person, if you were to split it for two people, I know we're talking about budgets and we're talking about money, but, you know, two people doing that job better, two people with a bit more freedom, two people, however you want to put it, you know, if you can actually split the job and not put it all on the hands of one social media person to run 10 or 15 accounts, then you create more jobs. You actually bring more people in more diverse voices that actually make your company better. Thank you again for coming for my second tech talk today. (laughs) I don't know. Once again, this is what we do. We want to bring more people into the space and like, I, it, it doesn't end with us, but also it doesn't start with us. We do what we can, but there are companies that have such a big power to tap into so many people. You know, that's, as you say, what disappoints me as well. Because we do our what we can as small little people just kind of, you know, marching ahead. But the bigger companies that can do so much more to bring that awareness around. Yeah. I think the biggest yeah. difference is big companies and in-house social medias and freelancers, where 
if I was working in a very big company and said, I need some extra help and they're like, we don't have the budget, you've got, you're the only one or you're in this team, you're on your own. Whereas a freelancer, if I take on a project and it has elements that I don't do or I am free, I can outsource. I work with VAs and, you know, photographers and videographers and specialist AIs, whereas I would outsource stuff and we all work and collaborate together and we still get a job done. Whereas you can't necessarily do that in-house because you're you're determined by your boss and the budget. So I think it is, again, harder for people working in-house right now because they're constrained more than being a freelancer or being able to collaborate and power hours and swapping skills. So moving to a special part of our class, which is lesson in action. And there's a practical marketing idea for you to think about something that you can take into your strategy for 2024, maybe something that you should be look out for in 2024. And I'm actually going to pass this on to Emma again, because you mentioned that some recent updates piqued your interest and made you think about one specific platform and its impact that it might have on social in 2024. Tell us a bit more about that. We're going to talk about threads. It It's new. And I know we've talked about this um, a couple of times now on this amazing podcast. And it's People are not using it to the level that I know Meta would like. There's still not that many uh, daily users and there are still people that aren't on there. And I totally understand why. But just in the last, I think, four weeks, Meta have added so many new features to threads. It's like they're just going, we know it needs to be better here. Just have a whole gift, have a whole load of Christmas presents. And they have dropped in the last couple of weeks, search. So now you can search in threads in any country, in any language. You can search for keywords, which is vital for everybody and anybody. You can now tag a topic. That's a bit like using hashtags in Instagram. So you're going to be able to add one per post. It's going to be a really nice way to be able to link conversations and thread and post more. You can get an IG Instagram notification now. So if you're not on threads and someone's on there and mentions you and puts your Instagram handle in, you'll now get a notification. Alt text, more data. You know I love a number, uh, more views and things like that. So just in four weeks, then that's just a few of the top ones. I think threads is, well, Meta is definitely pushing it down our next, but threads is going to be more of a prominent channel, I think, next year because I cannot see anything good happening in the other one that I don't like to talk about. The one that we always started by talking about that one and now we don't. No, you made an excellent point and I love that you said that and kind of my extra notes that I would make about this just for everybody listening is based on this, if you feel that the format that Preds and the other one have is a format that you love or that you like, then obviously it's definitely something for you to explore. And my suggestion from a personal perspective of using threads based on this is maybe go back on the platform since Emma kind of give us all these amazing features and think about how can you make it yours. And I'm going to say this because I think we all started with being like, am I going to be inspirational? Am I going to be funny? Am I going to be X, Y, and Z? And I think there is still a lot of scope for threads to become that platform for somebody who likes the Britain format, let's say, to have conversations. And so you have to ask yourself, this is ideally can be a conversation starter platform, which it can be a lot easier than some of the other ones that we know. So if that was the case, what would that look like for you? 
And if the answer is I generally don't know it's too much, then just you just you don't have to be there. But I think that would be my suggestion from having tried different angles and angles that were also feeling a bit old for me on X in the first place. And I just want to embrace it for a way that makes sense to me without necessarily focusing too much on what other people are doing, because I think that's been a bit of a problem with threads at the in the second resurgence, not at the beginning, when the second research has been a problem with it, where people were trying to do something that they saw work for others and they were just pushing it and it didn't build consistency. And I don't even know what consistency would look like on threads. That would be my parting suggestion when it comes to this. If you want to take action when it comes to threads in 2024, is there anything that comes from you too that you can think of? I think that's an excellent way of looking at threads in particular as well. For a lot of people, they were like, I'll just repurpose, take what I've done on all my other channels that sort of worked and I'll just put it there and see what happens. For a lot of people, that hasn't worked. Also, it isn't a direct replacement of the one who will not be named. And I think personally, it is an excellent place to start again. If you, even if you're not having any troubles of where you're already at with your social media marketing or working in social and you're trying lots of stuff everywhere else, try something else. I'm a massive, we've talked about this so much on here, testing, testing and testing. If you want to try being a little bit more to the point and really niching down on one specific thing that you do, here's a great way to use threads and test that over there. You've already established yourself, let's say, on LinkedIn or Instagram, and it's harder to do massive, big, risky tests. Threads is new. And if you're not already using it or you've dabbled, try something really extravagant. There is no harm. It's not going to hurt you. I love that. That's great parting words and a great little nuggets to think about over the holidays. Ems, if anybody wants to say hi to you, especially during this time, we're going to be not seeing each other for a while. We're doing the calculation, but she'll be back. She'll be back. We're just going to have a bit of a longer break ourselves. So in the meantime, how can they get your fix? In the meantime, remind them again. All they need to do is head over to Instagram on a Friday at 12 o'clock. That's British, well, Greenwich Mean Time, 12 o'clock live. I have my weekly tea and tips, which is a lot of ramblings, mostly me getting very overexcited talking about social media. And I will be live right up until Christmas. And then there'll be some pre-records that will keep you going through to the new year. Obsessed. I love that. Well, talking about Christmas, it is a festive time almost upon us. So first of all, if you are stopping and you're kind of like putting a little pin on work, then enjoy the holidays. We'll be still around, by the way. We've got some pre-recorded stuff ourselves, just like Emma's got some aces up her sleeve. Um, if you are around next week, we have a little holiday mixer and quiz for marketers. So go to allmarketingschool.com slash event to find out more about our calendar. And in there, you can find out how to join us next week. A time of recording and coming out is going to be next week. And if we don't see you before the new year, then as a reminder, be kind to yourself and others. And remember that true marketing speaks to hearts, not just to minds. And until next time, as always, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.